Here's a question. How is coronavirus going to affect the workplace landscape once we're finally out of the woods? Well, one Washington Post piece discussed it. And today we're going to dive in with a guy who's been watching this closely because of how hard small businesses are being affected and may change. George Curtico from Joust joins us on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Hey, I'm George Critica, locked down in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the, from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one from the Washington Post. Not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we dive into how these affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, earn, pay down debt more effectively. If that's not enough, we're going to share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day, all in less than 20 minutes. Today's piece is brought to you by Policy Genius. Policy Genius is a team that handles all the paperwork and red tape when it comes to applying for insurance. Be prepared for anything with life insurance. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Big thanks to them for sponsoring today's podcast. George, glad we didn't scare you away yesterday. Um, we, we're going to talk about after we're beyond this. Is there? Tell me there's such a thing as after coronavirus, because I'll tell you, I use Flipboard to flip through articles. And if I see the word coronavirus, maybe I don't. Well, we know we're going to. Right. But I'd love to see a piece that wasn't about coronavirus. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I don't know when that's going to be. We've got sporting events, Olympics being postponed. I, I think it's going to be that like Prince Charles uh, today, uh, you know, get, got coronavirus. So I think it's going to be in the news for, for a long time. But I do hope that it, it, it's going to end soon for sure. Man, uh, Prince Charles, Rand Paul, uh, just so many, so many people that that kid that went to the coronavirus party in Kentucky got it. <laughs> believe it or not. Don't do that, by the way. Don't go to don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, all right. We're going to jump into this, but let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this discussion. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. George brought this piece to us, and uh, this is a really interesting discussion today. Uh, it's called The New Coronavirus Economy, A Gigantic Experiment Reshaping How We Work and Live. It's written by Craig Timberg, Drew Harwell, Laura Riley, and Abba Batari. Uh, George, you want to do the honors? Sure thing. Um, so Pharrell Alvarez and Ty Rodriguez closed their restaurant in Tampa's trendy Seminole Heights neighborhood last week, but they have a plan for riding out the coronavirus outbreak building a takeout business of fried chicken sandwiches and gnocchi with short ribs for Floridians hungry for comfort food amid a global crisis. They quote uh, uh, Alvarez saying, Tuesday was the most dreadful day for me. I was crying. The next morning I created our concept. Uh, as the pandemic takes hold across America, some businesses are getting crushed. Like uh, uh, my favorite bookstore, Joe, your favorite bookstore yeah. here in Portland, Oregon, Powell's Books, which closes stores for at least eight weeks. Others, like Amazon, are, are thriving, which announced 100,000 new hires to help manage the rush of online orders. Still others, like Tampa's Rooster in the Till restaurant, are adapting in ways that economists say might lead to long-term shifts in how Americans spend, work, and live. 
The pandemic has been a relentless destroyer of brick and mortar businesses as public health officials warn against in-person interactions. But the coronavirus is boosting almost anything that can be done online or with minimal human contact. Things like grocery deliveries, online learning, takeout food, streaming video, and even real estate closings done with online notaries. The result, economists say, is likely to be dramatic loss in local retail and dining options, with millions of jobs disappearing as the biggest and wealthiest companies, especially those that do much much of their business online, extend their gains. Telework, online education, and streaming video have grown sharply while movie theaters, schools, and traditional workplaces close their doors. Some will never reopen in a world where the shift from real to virtual suddenly has gone into overdrive. While some economists caution these shifts may be temporary, others see long-term changes taking hold. People will change their habits, and some of these habits will stick, said Susan Athey, an economics and technology professor at Stanford Graduate School of Business. There's a lot of things where people are just slowly shifting, and this will accelerate that. The impacts of the coronavirus are cutting across the nation's more than $20 trillion economy, closing down sports leagues and art venues, canceling concerts and funerals and shuttering bars, boutiques, restaurants, and toy stores. Even before the crisis, retailers last year announced a record 9,300 store closures amid widespread bankruptcy filings. As the growing pandemic forces companies like Apple, Nordstrom, and Macy's to close thousands of stores temporarily, analysts say they're bracing for a monumental shift. Deborah Weinswig, head of the retail uh, analyst Corsite Research, said that more than 15,000 stores are likely to announce closure this year. 15,000 stores, George. That's a that's a that's a ton of stores that are going to go bye bye. That is that is quite a few. Um, and we've already seen some closures, you know, this year anyway. Um, but I do, uh, you know, think and, and, and believe that, you know, once, you know, folks get into the habit of, you know, and it's amazing to think that there might be some people out there that don't shop online. I would imagine a lot of people do, but it's just going to accelerate the, the, the shopping online, I think, even more. So we may see some of these big flagship uh, stores like in downtown Portland. We mentioned Nordstrom's here. You know, it's a great place to go to. Uh, you know, they, they combine the sort of offline and online retail very well together. But does this mean that, you know, they're going to start, you know, shifting to almost a purely online play? I don't know, but it, it, it does seem like this is going to push things in that direction. I feel like, though, people crave community. And uh, this isn't necessarily, for me anyway, a good thing. I mean, I work from home, but I live in a bedroom community where, you know, most people besides me are gone during the day. If I go out of the basement and take a walk, uh, there's there's nobody out there in the middle of the day. Yet lately, what I've found as, as I've worked from home and I go take my walk, my neighbors all want to chat. Everybody stands a respectful six to 10 feet away from each other, but everybody wants to chat. Everybody's friendly. And I don't feel like, by the way, it's just because we're living in friendly neighborhood uh, you can kind of feel that we're all kind of craving these interactions with each other so i i don't know that this is a this is good for us yeah i i don't think it is and and you know in my neighborhood in portland uh, a lot of bars shops restaurants um you know they've all well most of them have flipped to sort of a takeout business and I feel bad. I want to, you know, like I miss going out and seeing people in the neighborhood and uh, I want to support them and, and order takeout. Um, you know, I, I'm not a doomsday prepper. I, I did stock up, but uh, I do want to, you know, spend spend some money at, at my local establishments because 
you know, the, they are hurting and, and, you know, they're there for us now. And I think it's, I think it's a wonderful thing to do, but, um, I've noticed almost the opposite in Portland where, you know, this used to be such a great friendly neighborhood where people smile and now everyone's sort of, you oh. know, walking to the other side of the street to, <laughs> yeah. to stay away from each other. Uh, so I, I, I do hope that we can get back to some sort of normalcy here. Uh, uh, we do this show live, uh, with friends hanging out with us on Facebook. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show, it's facebook.com forward slash I stack Benjamins. It's the stacking Benjamins, uh, Facebook page. Uh, Adrian says my friends and I do a weekly virtual girls night when we just chat and hang out. We're seeing that a lot. I mean, uh, somebody joking, this is a horrible joke guys. But somebody said, you know, there have always been conspiracy theories that companies like Norton pay pay hackers to create viruses. So Norton has a job. And somebody said, do you think that Zoom might be behind this coronavirus? <laughs> That's great. Uh, Zoom stock, I think, doing great, right? Um, but I, I was encouraged to see the, the Zoom CEO basically giving away Zoom uh, licenses uh, to schools around around the country. Um, you know, he said, now's not the time to go and price gouge, right? The right thing to do is to is to give this away for free. And, you know, guy's a billionaire. Uh, I think that's a nice thing to do. Um, you know, Zoom has been a, a godsend, I would say, for, uh, for us and for a lot of companies. I mean, we were already remote first, but, uh, you know, I did see something where uh, someone like someone posted, I, I can't tell if this is fake or not, but uh, someone was like, took their laptop to the bathroom when, uh, when they were on a Zoom conference. So don't take your laptop to the bathroom when you're on a Zoom call, but, uh, but do use Zoom. <laughs> it, is, it has been helpful. At the very least, learn how Zoom works. if you're you're taking it with you yeah learn how to uh cover the microphone how to hit the uh microphone off button too when you flush um just uh yeah yeah mute yourself psa there psa um yeah no i think it's i think it's great and and, and we did have a social happy hour as well you know uh, with my work colleagues uh we played some trivia everyone poured themselves their favorite you know beverage and uh and it did help it helped lift its spirits and i think that's something that we have to do now let's talk about changes uh though long term like this piece gets into because i want to dive into this a little bit do you think that that this is going to fundamentally change the way that we shop uh is it going to fundamentally change the way that we do work are you seeing at joust you guys are working any differently today george and thinking about working long term differently because of this than you did a month ago yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I hope it doesn't because I'll probably need a haircut soon. Um, but <laughs> uh, I don't know how you're going to do virtual haircuts. But uh, but certainly, I think uh, you know, for us, it's it's we've been remote first, and so we've got um, you know we've got folks that are used to sort of dialing in on Zoom. We have an office. Uh, you know, they sort of closed down. Um, you know, our, our co-working space last week, but um, you know, it was nice for folks to go in and, and sort of see each other and collaborate, and so. Um, you know, I, I really do hope that, you know, there's always going to be employers always give the option to have, a, you know, a work, uh, you know, together um, in person policy. Um, so we've we've adapted pretty well. But I do think that, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. And some of my former employers, uh, companies that were never set up to work remote, uh, like JP Morgan Chase, where you're literally tied to your desk. All day. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's I think it's going to be an interesting shift to see if those if those paradigms change. Right. And 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 for us, I think, um, you know, for smaller startups, I think it's just business as usual. Um, the larger ones are going to be larger companies are going to be the ones that sort of have to figure this out. I'm wondering a lot of uh, higher education is on hold right now. 
But I'm, but I'm wondering if there's some researcher out there. This would be a phenomenal time, I would think, George, for a researcher to look at the effect of working from home versus yeah. working, you know, working remotely versus working in the office. Because um, uh, it was my understanding that there hasn't been enough research in that area to see if how much productivity really is changes for, for a remote company versus uh, a company that's in the office. Yeah, and, and listen, um, it's entirely possible that the shift to open plan workplaces also uh, pushes people to, to sort of work from home more because you're literally like I remember when I first started at PayPal like 10 years ago, you know, they first went to an open plan office and you couldn't get anything done. You're literally right on top of the person next to you. Everybody's on the phone. You could hear everybody's conversation. And then people were trying to camp out in offices so they could have a little bit of privacy. Well, no wonder why everyone wants to work from home. I think I'm, I'm a big like I do not like open plan offices, and and I do think that uh, yeah maybe that's going to that you know it, it, hopefully someone who does the research says well maybe it was the shift to open plan that also pushed people to work from home. But uh, I think it'd be fantastic study, uh, especially given that um, like you said, universities, colleges are are moving now more to. Uh, we got to finish this semester online. Does does that also push things in that direction? My my uh, friend Andy Hill at another great podcast, Marriage, Kids, and Money, just uh, started working from home, and and he's already told me he he's seeing what I saw when I started working from home nearly a decade ago, which is that. Uh, it, the bad news about working from home, and I'm sure people listening to this will agree, blurring the lines between work and home isn't isn't always a great thing. Like having yeah. your work sitting at that desk right over there or having the, you know, Xbox controller that far away, it's it's difficult to and and I know it took me maybe maybe George a year and a half, I th- I'm thinking, probably a year and a half to to make mm-hmm. it so that I had work time and I had home time. And even though I was in the same place, my vision kind of changed so that I was all work during the day. And then at a certain time at night, I, I, you know, try to turn it off. But man, when you work from home, turning that work off is, is, is incredibly difficult. Yeah. I think you do get more work done working from home because you're not interrupted by the, you know, the passerby, the casual conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you sort of miss those interactions too. Uh, I think popular research, I've seen research this week that says, you know, you sh- if you if you go to work and, you you know, you should still shower in the morning, put your makeup on, uh, you know, uh, put on a button down shirt. Uh, but, I'll, but I also saw a joke this week that said, uh, you know, if you're wearing jeans while working from home, you're only fooling yourself. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of got a chuckle out of that. I mean, it, it is definitely a shift for some people, but I, I do think you have to keep those habits because uh, it is your job, right? You're, yeah. you're still sort of presenting yourself. So yeah. um, uh, I think that those are good habits to, uh, to, to sort of undertake. Well, and I'll tell you to your point, I changed my shirt specifically for this. Uh, I have a I have a T-shirt that's on that chair right over there that I was wearing <laughs> earlier and it wasn't quite presentable enough. So uh decided that if we're going to do video, I'm going to I'm going to wear a collar. But um, but I, I want to talk about this idea that they presented, which is pivoting. You work yep. with you work with a lot of small business owners. You also work in fintech where you've seen, George, as much as anybody, companies have to pivot. Right. And here's a company. They, they start off this piece with a restaurant, which I thought was a great example of going from serving people uh, food in the restaurant to creating these takeout things on day one. One they she what was it she I think on day one she cried and on day two she pivoted 
And I thought that was brilliant. I think, um, uh, uh, talk about that for a second. You're going to see a lot of people, I think, that are going to need to do some pivoting. I think, I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, number one, you know, we also went through this situation where our, one of our uh, big events, South by Southwest was canceled day one. A lot of us sort of <laughs> moped and cried in day two and said, how can we go out there and help uh, folks? And, and I think that's, that's sort of the spirit of entrepreneurialism is, you know, you've got probably a bunch of in the restaurant business, a bunch of food that you bought, you know, for the month, uh, you got employees. And so how do you sort of shift uh, you know, you realize a lot of people are going to be at home. Maybe not everyone's going to be able to go out to the store to, or maybe not even everybody knows how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, especially in these large cities, um, you know, like New York, and Chicago, where, you know, you, you maybe aren't you don't have the, a, a large kitchen. Uh, and so it's really good to know that that comp- businesses like this are saying, listen, we're going to keep things going. We're going to keep people employed. We're going to shift to a takeout mode, you know, uh, and, and that sort of uh, has a knock on effect where you see, you know, Uber Eats and, and, and Instacart and all these companies hiring more delivery drivers, more couriers. And so if you are maybe a, a freelancer who, who, you know, is used to getting sort of design work or contract work, uh, work uh, and you've seen that dry up, you may yourself decide to shift and say, listen, for these next three months, I'm going to just go do Uber and DoorDash and Instacart because it's, it's going to bridge that gap and, and pay my bills in the short term. Um, so I think both restaurants and sort of freelancers are going to have to maybe pivot to, uh, to weather the storm. Well, and I think also for people that aren't freelancers or don't see themselves as freelancers, this idea of having different streams of income now is, you know, for a lot of people, this may be an important lesson to not rely on that one job and instead have money coming in from different places so that I don't have to pivot so hard next time. Yeah, no, a great, great uh, point is uh, maybe diversify your income streams. If you are uh, an independent worker, um, you know, there are a lot of great, you know, ways to do that. I think, you know, you look at the, the what's needed now. I think Amazon's hiring 100,000 is what that article said. So you may spend your day, <clears throat> you know, in a uh, Amazon warehouse, uh, maybe, or driving um, Amazon packages around and your night um, or maybe a couple nights a week doing uh, food delivery. Um, maybe not bad uh, right now. These are companies that are hiring. And, and, you know, I think I see that every time I log in to LinkedIn, uh, even I see who's hiring right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is these, you know, who'd have thought, right? Like delivery drivers, uh, grocery stores, uh, you know, restocking at night to keep uh, toilet paper on the shelves. Uh, and uh, those are the people that are the front lines of this right now. And so, um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's time to sort of diversify and shift a little bit um, if you're if you're waiting, um, waiting this out. Well, and it's interesting if, if somebody needs inspiration, I think a lot of us need inspiration now, but if you look at uh, a lot of the early technology days back in the 90s, George, you look at the number of tech founders that came from the remnants of IBM when IBM in the 90s was divesting themselves of different companies and kind of changing their model. You look at the number of people that came from IBM to create a lot of the companies that now are stalwarts in technology. It, it, it was during times like this, the innovation really happened. Yeah, I mean, that's you're talking about the shift to like cloud computing, right? That's a massive paradigm shift where, you know, even Google is seeing a lot of people sign up for plain old, you know, Google, you know, Google Suite, G Suite, right? Like that's that's shifting from having exchange servers. If you get, you know, old enough like me to remember having, you know, you used to have a server room and now you don't need that anymore. And so that's sort of the, one of those first paradigm shifts. And then after the last financial crisis, 
you saw all these other companies being born out of that, the freelance economy, right? Like Airbnbs and Ubers and Lyfts of the world all came out of sort of the last 10 years, you know, and after, um, you know, the last sort of financial crisis. So yeah, those massive paradigm shifts of like cloud computing and, and sort of sharing economy uh, change things. And, and you're right, I mean, you know, all born out of the fact that um, if you're going to be remote, uh, you know, or if you're uh, the way that the workforce sort of changes, you need to sort of change the paradigm on on, on sort of the technology side. So uh, it's a very good point, Joe, the, the IBM sort of play, which sort of spurred the cloud, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, um, and then lastly, I think, you know, if I'm wondering about about uh, pivoting, I think that um, to, you know, lean on what you guys do a little bit, I think initially you guys have your pay armor, right? If 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 somebody's not paying... I can rely on that to help me out. But if I'm relying on pay armor too much, I think it's, I think that's another sign. It might be time to shift. Yeah, you know, exactly right. I mean, just, you know, we have this, this product, which, which, you know, if you're sending invoices, uh, you know, we, we guarantee that invoice. So we are working with you to help you collect on your invoices. But if you're not sending invoices, then, um, you know, I think, you know, those, one of the things that we're looking at is, do we offer, um, you know, do we take our pay armor product and sort of evolve it into a, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, we provide you a bridge loan or we give you, um, you know, we look at your work uh, history and your invoicing history and we're able to give you, uh, you know, some of that, some of that money in advance, knowing that you're going to get back, you know, back on, uh, on your feet in a couple of months. So, um, you know, we'd like, you know, we're still an early stage startup. And so we're, we're looking at ways we can even involve our product to help more people out. Uh, but we've been tremendously, I'd say, um, humbled by by the response so far. Um, folks who um, are freelancers that are you know tr- uh, that re- that relied on gigs like South by Southwest, like Coachella, like um, you know different different events around the country uh, that are powered by you know this independent workforce. They're coming to us saying, okay, well, you know, I'm glad to know that there's someone that has my back. Even if I'm not going to use you uh, first, this is yeah. the work that I've done. I, I want to use you in the future. Well, it feels like any insurance policy, right? I mean, it's funny well, because you know when I was a when I was a when I was a financial planner, the hardest thing to get people to talk about was the most important insurance of all, which was disability coverage, right? And what was funny was people would go, "Wow, that's a lot of money." And what if I never use it? And my reaction was, "I hope you don't use it." <laughs> like, right. It'd be, I mean, it'd be great to never use pay armor, right? If I never you use never, pay armor, things are going great. Uh, I don't, I don't right. want it. You, you, yeah, I mean, that's insurance, right? Like uh, you never want to have to use it, but if you can, uh, if, you, if it's there for you. Yeah, I think I... Uh, I, I kind of agree with with Ray here. He, he says it depends on how long this all lasts. He worked in lower Manhattan through uh, 9-11. Lots of places were closed. This is definitely worse. But I think I think seeing how much people pivot, George, it clearly is all about how long this lasts. And I think I just I just lost George here for a second. Uh, hopefully I didn't lose everybody. But um, but on my screen, George is uh, frozen. So here's what we'll do, guys, because I think uh, probably time for us to have our big takeaway. And hopefully by the time uh, George gets back, I'll be I'll be finished talking about today's sponsor, which is Policy Genius. The uh, this is a time speaking of insurance when it's so important. Because who would have seen this all coming, right? Nobody saw it coming. There's one thing humans aren't great at is predicting the future. Uh, OG, my uh, my uh, uh, co-host on, on Stacking Benjamins, was telling me today about how much 
um, uh, or about a uh, about a broker that uh, colloquially his brother knows who was selling everything on Monday, selling everything. And the market went up huge on Tuesday of this week, of course. So who knew that this would, um, y- you know, uh, uh, that, 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 that 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 would happen? By the way, OG wrote to me and said, that means the worst is over. Uh, we can't predict the future. No amount of crystal balls, fortune cookies, tea leaves could predict the world that we're living in right now today. But unpredictability is also what keeps life interesting. One way to worry less is to protect the things you've worked so hard for, like uh, like uh, uh, life insurance. One way to worry less is to get the right life insurance. There we go. That's where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius makes finding the, finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. Be prepared for anything with life insurance in just a few minutes you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com all right for us uh and it's it's funny because for those of you listening i think i might have lost my live feed here so i'm going to hit i I love doing this show live once again if you want to hang out with us while we make the show it is uh facebook.com forward slash i stack benjamins uh, so for our takeaway, I don't have George. I'm going to give you my takeaway from today. And that is that you should always be ready to pivot when it comes to either this situation or, or any situation. Knowing what you're going to do next, I think is always an important part of, of working, whether it is, is working through your, uh, working through your current situation or working through um, working through any situation in life. I work with, I worked with when I was a financial planner, a guy who was a, uh, a guy who was an engineer who said that whenever they build a road, the very first thing they do is look at all the things that could go wrong when they build the road and they try to eliminate all those things. And my big takeaway today would be to do the same thing here. Try to eliminate all those things that could go wrong and then set up set up set about building, George. Uh pivot. So speaking of pivot, I finally got everybody back live. And to catch you guys Yay. up who are with us live, we're on what our big idea is, George. What's our takeaway from today's piece? Uh, yeah, I don't know if the internet's going to be able to keep up with all these people working from home. I think that's the big takeaway. Uh, all the people helping yeah, us with I mean, the show. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's one thing if your Netflix uh, buffers, you know, at, at 8 p.m. at night, but it's another thing if you're trying to conduct class or, or do something online that's, that's mission critical. Uh, so, no, I mean, honestly, this is an interesting takeaway. And I think uh, pivoting is what we talked about. And, and you know, it, you can pivot as much as possible. But if the underlying backbone of the economy isn't there, I mean, we've seen, I think, uh, you know, AT&T, T-Mobile, all these companies saying they're lifting bandwidth restrictions. Uh, and, and I think that that needs to happen. Everyone does need to come together in order to sort of shift. But is the economy going to actually, you know, be ready for this this pivot? That's that's the big takeaway for me is, uh, you know, companies that are already working from home, they're going to continue doing that. 
But if you're going to see a Cisco or an IBM or, you know, a, a large uh, enough company that's, that's got hundreds of thousands of employees all shifting to work from home, we'll have to see if the backbone is there for this country. The Internet is going to be able to take it. So um, but the small businesses, uh, you know, I think the, the, the work that you're doing to pivot is wonderful. And I think you have to keep doing that. We talked about, uh, uh, you know, uh, innovation and this being a time of innovation. This is this is also a time when you talk about will will infrastructure keep up? Will things keep up? That also, George, is an opportunity because I think back to, you know, I'm an old enough guy to remember Wayne Gretzky playing hockey. And Wayne Gretzky always had that quote about why he was so good at playing hockey. He wasn't skating to where the puck is. He skated where the puck was headed. And I think if you use a little imagination and look at where the puck may be heading now that it might not have been heading two weeks ago or it's heading faster there, that may lead you to some innovation that you might not have thought about two weeks ago. No, excellent point. I think skate to where the puck is going is is, is often used in, in in the technology industry, and I think that's that's something that should be broadly uh, adopted for folks. Is uh, you know where do you think things are going to be in the next two, three, four weeks? Um, you know, based on sort of what you're reading and what you're seeing from you know uh, CDC and whatnot. And I think that's it. If you're looking at an, uh, at your business and you're saying, or even if you're an independent contractor or, or solopreneur and you're looking at your your your, your bank account balance. You know, think about what you're going to do to get yeah. yourself through the next four, six, eight weeks. Um, and I think that's what we're going to have to do. Well, and not to belabor the takeaway point, but that brings up, I think, another takeaway, which is I and I, I, I quote this book so often. And when I first read it, I never thought that it meant that much to me. But Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. There are there are three three types of news you're getting now. There are things that you can control things that you can influence and things that you can neither control nor influence. And I think now, George, is a great time to watch the news, but only if you're thinking about, is there a piece of this news that I can control? Like on yesterday's show, we talked about the government did their part. Now I got to go figure out what to do with my check if I'm getting one, or if I own a business, I've got to figure out how to work with small business uh, with SBA.gov and and how to this works for my business. Like it's time for me not to look at it because you know so many people are reading the news right now and they're just flipping through things that they can't control and getting all upset about those things. I see it on Facebook (laughs) nonstop, right? Uh, Look at the, this is a big time to look at the news, but I think you got to focus on how does this change the game for me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe time to um, uh, sort of look at the news in a way that says, okay, now I need to go do my research, right? I need to go to SBA.gov and and if I'm a small business and figure out how I can take advantage of these, uh, this economic stimulus that's, that's happening. Um, So yeah, you gotta, you know, as a business owner, it's not like you had, you know, a lot of free time, but uh, you got to take some of that time and go do some research and and, and learn how uh, what's coming down the pipe is going to help you uh, you know, whether the storm for the next couple of uh, weeks or, or months ahead. And so um, I think the good news is, is that there is some help coming, uh, but there's still, you know, the devil's going to be in the details. And I think uh, you got to take a little bit of ownership uh, and go figure out how um, how you can take advantage of some of these programs. George, uh, if only there were a bank that was working with some of these business owners to help them get through this period, if only that existed. 
Ah, well, I think I might know one. Uh, <laughs> you know, come and check out Joust. Uh, Try.joust.com is uh, is uh, and slash MWF. We're given uh, some free credits, free uh, payments processing. So if you're sending invoices today, we're, we're, we're waiving those fees, those 2.9% that you usually pay. Um, and we are a bank that has your back. We're, we're working with you uh, to make sure that you get paid on your invoices. So do check us out. We'd be grateful if you did. Man, it's a big time to have that insurance in your corner. Uh, and by the way, your your social media team also doing a good job. If if you're not following Joust on social media, you guys are doing a good job. I've uh, been been following as the game changes for business owners. You guys are pushing that forward a lot. So I definitely follow Joust on uh, on whatever platform, Twitter, Facebook, yeah, I think we're at Joust Banking on all all platforms. So yeah, uh, yeah that would be great. Well, th- it was, it was, uh, uh, I hate to say this because it's such a horrible time, but what a great time, George, to have you on the show the last two days. Cause th- if there was anybody who's sitting right on top of this, watching it, it's, it's you. And I don't know this, obviously we have this set rotation, but holy cow, having you here on these two days, really big help. So thanks for doing it again, my friend. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. Uh, Bobby and I back tomorrow, I'm sure, with a headline that I don't even know what the headline's going to be because news is coming so fast. But stick with us, guys. Money with Friends back tomorrow with Bobby Rebell and I. We'll see you again here tomorrow. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.